Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. If I bleed tonight, if I am sad tonight, I don't Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of the Power Slam podcast here on Patreon. If you're listening to it on Thursday or wherever you get your regular podcast on Friday, my name is Kenny, joined as always by Mr. Finley Martin Finn. It's almost the weekend, we're over the hump of the midweek. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right, yes. Um, received the latest issue of Inside the Ropes magazine on Tuesday in the post. It should be in the shops today. So we hope everybody goes and checks that out if they haven't done so already. Have you received your copy yet, Kenny? I have. I received my copy uh, yesterday. So it's it's already here. It's been perused. It's been skimmed. So, yeah, it's, it's already arrived. Yeah, which is good. Yeah, absolutely. And we're hard at work on the next issue now. I'm doing a feature on Gunter. So an old school sort of four-page article. I've done one of those for a while and uh, found it really quite difficult at first. <laughs> that's, that's, that sounds bad, doesn't it, after all these years? Well, writing must go easy to you, Finley. Well, some of it does and some of it's actually, I still find quite tricky. So, but I'm well into it now. It's like a proper old school feature like what I used to do, you know, in Power Slam back in the day. And I've done a few of these for Inside the Ropes magazine as well. So hopefully people will enjoy that. Yes, and, I'm sure uh, they will. I don't think are, are you are you allowed to? No, you're not allowed to say you've just interviewed for the next issue yet, yeah, are you, Kenny? Am I not? Well, maybe you are. I well, don't know. I'm, I mean, not, I'm, I'm, I'm just a spoke on the wheel, Kenny. I'm not telling you what to do. I mean, I, I don't really know. I think. I mean, maybe I should just go rogue and say, it. yeah, why? Why not? It's going to come out anyway. So, uh, yeah, yesterday I 
got a chance to chat to Dominic Mysterio. Um, and it's a really fun chat. I was saying to Finn before we kind of came on air, the challenge of interviewing Dom is that if you watch a lot of the interviews that he's done, he's kind of led in, he's led down the kayfabe path. And he kind of just gives you the in-character Dom interview. So my challenge was to try and get some stuff out of him that was out with that. And I think we got some good stuff in about his training, about, you know, starting to wrestle during COVID, um, you know, sort of the rise of of not having to go through developmental like typical people do, and just kind of the character today. And, and yeah, I think there's good stuff in there that people will enjoy. So your 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 big feature piece we've got dominic mysterio in the next issue we just keep keep coming up with stuff to to satisfy the people absolutely but the thing is at the moment one of the good things as we've discovered in recent months is that it's such a it's such a um an eventful time for pro wrestling at the moment yeah. And that we're never stuck for things to write about or talk about here on this podcast Exactly, exactly. And uh, yeah, it was it was very, very good to speak to Dom. We've not had a WWE interview in the mag for a while. Um, so it was I was I was quite keen for us to get somebody and I think Dom's a good a good current popular person to to be included. So Well, not popular, Kenny. Not well, popular. Uh, yeah, I mean what's what's the word then? Feature. Over. 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 He's over. I mean he, yeah, yeah, I mean he is kind of popular to so the, the, the hardcore marks. And all that jazz, but yeah, he's he's over with the crowd. He's a villainous uh, person, and uh, yeah, we we had some really good stuff. Talked about the the origins of Prison Dom and where it came from. Um, yeah, very, very fun stuff. So, um, but did he did... mention anything about Conan's induction speech for his dad? I guess not, because that could have opened a can of worms with the whole Dom Ray relationship that you know might yeah, not be well, because you wanted to travel down right well i did ask him about it and i asked him about it in a way that i tried to like you know not have him go down that rabbit hole and he did he did give a line or two that was not in kayfabe which is good i thought that was probably the best you were going to get out of him we do actually talk about conan and how conan was involved in training dom um and kind of you know about a tough love so there's, there's some good stuff in there i think people will enjoy it's stuff that I've not heard before anywhere else, um, and that was what I was quite keen to do because I try, I try to think if Finn would read it and think it's okay, I'm doing a good job. So that's my, <laughs> that's my. I always think about the F Martin microscope that could be put on it, and uh, is up to snuff. So uh, yeah, yeah. I just brought the Conan thing up because we never really talked about it. I did write a bit about it in the magazine. Oh yeah, just... it was a tremendous speech, wasn't it? Oh, it's amazing, wasn't it? Just, just. I mean, what a contrast from the Ric Flair induction speech from Great Muta. I mean, Conan was just on fire. I mean, it was just, I mean, I bet they were watching backstage thinking, you know, if only we had this guy working for us at some <laughs> point. I mean, I know he did work for them briefly. It was the original Max Moon and, you know, that never really went anywhere. And, uh, you know, Paul Diamond ended up becoming Max Moon after can't remember the Conan quit or or he was fired, but I mean that relationship didn't exactly flourish back in the early 1990s because he had you know the great gig in Mexico and was making a lot of money there, so it was understandable that he would um, he would prioritize that. But I mean, yeah, that speech that uh, Conan did for Ray was just um, 
it was, yeah, one of the promos of the year, if not the promo of the year, even though it's not technically a promo, but people know what I mean. Yeah, but also the, the thing that was most impressive about it is the fact that Conan, you know, since becoming the, the, the Conan character in, in, in the late 90s that everybody knows him for, he's never made a WWE appearance at any point since then. And this is his first one, and he had that audience in the palm of his hand. He did. I would say he, I would say he had them as much in the palm of his hand as The Undertaker had people during his TED talk last year. Yeah, so, you and uh, yeah, he he was great. And I mean, I, you know, I, I won't give away the answer, but what I'd said to Dom was, I said, you know, Conan, who helped train you, is inducting your dad into the Hall of Fame, and you get to walk out on it at a pro wrestling angle. You know, that must have been, uh, you know, I, I I imagine as a wrestler, you kind of dream of that type of scenario that you get yeah. involved in something like that. So, um, but yeah, so listen, we did say we were going to talk about uh, Raw. We'll talk about that before we talk about some other stuff that's going on in the world of wrestling. But um, yeah, so we obviously talked about the, the belt stuff. Uh, thank you to Tommy Butler on Twitter who said that he enjoyed our breakdown of why the, the title situation is a bit baffling. Um, but we'll see how, uh, I, I guess once the draft happens uh, tomorrow and Monday on Raw, we will know by the end of Monday at the latest which brand doesn't have Roman Reigns. Yeah. Therefore, which brand is going to, um, you know, have I, I don't know if it's a tournament, whatever they're going to do to to crown the champ uh, in Saudi. But um, I mean, it feels to me like, I mean, it's hard for me to imagine Roman Reigns going to Raw. But there again, what's really left for him on SmackDown? I mean, the bloodline needs to remain intact. Yeah. I mean, that's a given, isn't it? Really, they can't separate them at the moment. And, you know, is it going to be Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns? I think it is. I think we are going to see that this year. And that means that Rollins will be on the same brand as Roman. And this new championship will be on the other brand. Will be, you know, I I think Rollins is going to SmackDown. And I think Reigns is staying on SmackDown, even though he's kind of done everything there. But I just think it seems right for him to on SmackDown because that's the top rated show and he's the biggest star. So I think Fox will want him to remain on SmackDown to maintain those ratings. Yeah, I, I, did, I, I did. I did hear an interesting thing that I just thought was worth bringing up because I know we talked about it on Tuesday, and I was listening to to Lance Storm um, and Brian Alvarez talking yesterday, and they'd mentioned something. And I thought it's so true that while in the last nine months, right? Well, here's a question: in the last nine months, what show felt like the A show and what show felt like the B show out of on SmackDown? Well, SmackDown usually felt like the A show, but that's partly because it's got Roman Reigns on it and the Bloodline storyline, which has been so good. Um, and it's a shorter program as well, which makes it more palatable, doesn't it? It's easily more easier to digest. Than it is, it is easier. But then, I mean, in, in a lot of ways, there wasn't really an A or a B show. Everything felt like the A show because the Bloodline was all over everything. Well, all over Ron, well. So, yeah. so there wasn't really... Uh, a show where you I don't need to watch this brand because it's not as important as this one. There was everybody was on everything. If 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 Dominic had to be on SmackDown to do something with Ray, he would do it. If Ray needed to be on Raw to do something with Dominic, and it would just all kind of happen. So we didn't really have to worry about which one was the more important one. And I think the fear is going to be depending how they do it. You know, if one brand doesn't have Roman Reigns, doesn't have the Bloodline, then is that by default the B brand? Because they've not got that top storyline, um, 
or do they need to come up with a you know it's 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 like we're you know we're watching I've, I was watching Backlash two thousand and three last night that we're podcasting a bit later today, and it's the one of the last dual branded pay per views, and I mean you remember the dark days of single branded pay per views, fans? Oh, sure, yes. And it's like, is that where we're heading again? Are we heading back to you know? There's been chat about an idea to go back to single branded pay per views, and I just think I don't, I can't see it. I just what can't people see have that. what people have loved the last nine months is the synergy and the sort of uh, inclusivity that everybody's kind of involved in everything, and it's it's helped you know as it's helped me view the shows. I've found them a lot more enjoyable. So yeah. I'm They've hoping. been a lot more fast moving, haven't they? There hasn't been those, yeah. you know, great portions of each show which sags that just feels like they couldn't be bothered for this half hour stretch or 45 minute stretch between, you know, the start of the segment. It was, we talked about before, usually hour three of Raw that really suffered. And you would have something at the start of hour three and the end of hour three that was at least tolerable. But a lot of what was, you know, in the interim, in, the, in that middle portion, it was, you know, it'd be like 24-7 title. It'd just be all these worthless matches and these wishy-washy storylines. Um, but it just felt like everything's had a purpose for, for a very long time now. And everything has been, or nearly everything has been watchable. There's obviously been an occasional match that hasn't been. Um, but generally, the stories have really carried. The stories have been strong enough to carry the programming. And it's been worth watching. You're right. There hasn't really felt like a B-show. But I've always really seen SmackDown as the A show because it draws the bigger numbers and because it's shorter and it just feels, it's just easier to get through, isn't it? Because it's a two-hour yeah. show. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, let's let's talk about the rest of uh, Raw from Monday night. Um, so we did have Cody Rhodes come out to do a promo. Uh, the Chicago crowd were eating him up. He was talking about the draft and, you know, he could end up anywhere. Um, he's cleared, he's ready to go. And then we had Finn Balor come out and uh, cut a promo on him and it ended up leading us to a Cody and Finn Balor match on the show. Um, how did you... How you did you mention, go- Kenny, that Finn Balor invited Cody Rhodes to join the Judgment Day. And he said, let us have your back. Finn communicated to Cody that he felt like Cody needed the Judgment Day in his corner mm-hmm. in order to defeat Brock Lesnar at Backlash. That was the whole thrust of it. And Rhodes said you know, forget about it. It's not happening. And then issued the challenge. should say as well that Cody came out in his suit and he took the tie off and chucked that into the uh, audience, then threw his shirt into the audience. Only if they ended up on eBay. <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> and I wonder he showed us shades the... of Ric Flair. I feel like sometimes Cody Rhodes just wants to do Ric Flair stuff. You know, oh, like... At least he didn't get, go down to his boxer shorts. And I if know. it had been Ric Flair, that, and then remember that famous angle where he then handcuffed himself to the top rope. Yeah. Well, maybe you don't remember that one. That's way back when. And I, I've seen, I've seen clips of it. Yeah. He's. Uh... <laughs> um. But the reason he took his shirt off was to show us the scar on his shoulder from um when he had the pec injury last year, and because Hell, Hell in a Cell took place in the same venue last year, didn't it? Yes. Yes. So. Returning to the scene of the crime. Yeah, um, yeah it's, I mean, it's pretty good. Obviously, Brock's back next week. So, you know, hopefully, because I think next week is, is next week the go home show it is. Yeah. So, hopefully, there's an angle they've got to kind of give it that one last bit of oomph to. Yeah. Make there it needs to be a confrontation. I think Cody needs to, I wouldn't say stand tall, but he needs to sort of repel Brock. He needs to look like Brock's equal. Yeah. Or something to that effect. 
yeah, they need to they need to look on the same level. Yeah. Uh, he needs to get something in on Brock, I think. Um, and then we had um, we we had uh, the Usos and Solo Sokoa taking on uh, the LWO. I mean, the LWO they are way they're way more over and involved now in this kind of Eddie Guerrero tribute act than they were before, which is crazy. I mean, because the LWO, I mean, I don't, for people who don't remember Finn, the LWO was not a massively popular faction in WCW, right? No, it wasn't. And but but somehow now, I think people maybe younger fans and stuff like don't really see it as a parody. They just kind of see it as like, you know, Latino World Order. This, these are some guys who we, we don't see a lot of. And, and yeah, it's I think it's more like up. a homage, isn't it? Really? Yeah, it's more like a homage to uh, a homage, which is good. But obviously, the, the we had the match, and then the big story throughout the night was um, of. Jay Uso bumping into Sami Zayn and Sami Zayn sort of, you know, again telling Jay, being like, you know, you're, you're going to uh, dedicate your, your win if you win the titles on Friday to Roman Reigns, not for yourself and kind of puts the, the feed into him of what are you going to do if you don't win and then later on uh, you know, Jay conveys this to Jimmy and Jimmy's going nuts and the whole story throughout the, the show seemed to be who can trust who on Friday and I thought this kind of Felt like the first time in a, in a few weeks where the Bloodline saga felt like as good as it was pre WrestleMania because we got like a show long storyline. So I thought they kind of regained a bit of uh, momentum this week with that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, d- definitely. I mean, Sami Zayn talked to Jay, trying to talk some sense into him. And then backstage, Jay was deep in thought, and Jimmy's like, what's going on? And Jimmy's and Jay said to Jimmy, I was speaking to Sammy Zane, and as you said, Jimmy went ballistic, what are you doing? And then um, later on, um, it was communicated to Sammy that, you know, Jimmy and Jay were going to regain the belts, and Sammy looked really worried, and, um, you know, it was said to him that, Sammy, listen, once you lose these belts... Your brother, Kevin Owens, is going to turn on you. Worry about yourself. Don't worry about us. And then we had the segment backstage with Kevin Owens and Matt Riddle and Sami Zayn. And Matt Riddle said, well, I understand what you're going through here. And Sami's like, well, how can you? And then it, it was this really coherent response from Riddle, wasn't it? You're, everyone was just like shocked. Well, actually, when I was teaming with Randy on, everybody told me, you know, that he was going to RKO me like you know every week. You know he was going to turn heel on me. He was going to beat me down, and he never did. And <laughs> I went through that, and I believed in in Randy, and you know we were bros. And Sam was like, "All right, yeah, for, yeah, fair point. Yeah, yeah, you, you can relate to my situation perfectly." So I thought that was a really unexpected little gem there from Matt Riddle. You know, from a guy who normally talks gibberish, he made complete sense. I mean, it's a rarity, friends. So it should absolutely be brought up when it happens. <laughs> That's yeah. it. That's it. Mark your calendar. Mark you know? your calendar. There was something <laughs> Matt Riddle April, did of worth. April 24th, 2023, Matt Riddle made sense. <laughs> um, we also, on the show, um, you know, we did talk, we talked a little bit about the Austin Theory, Bobby Lashley, Bronson Rita, but we, we more talked about the US title and kind of Theory basically shitting on the fact that he has it. For the other one, but I thought that uh, Lashley, when 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 Theory's line to Lashley about you know, uh, you know where was your match at WrestleMania was great. I thought it was a good yeah. line that he got in, 
And then, you know, we had... Uh, and Lashley really sold it, didn't he? Like it was hurtful, which is what you're supposed to do. Yeah, and then there was a really kind of good exchange of kind of Lashley, because he tried to laugh it off at first, and then just, you know, it really got to him. So then he said, you know, I should just punch your head in or whatever. And then Theory, thinking he was smart, went, well, before you do, and then he tried to get Lashley. So then they start fighting. And of course, Bronson Reed comes out, and he sort of takes them out, and he's standing over Theory at the end of the belt. So although I'm totally with you on Austin Theory's comment that kind of belittled the title, I thought that the the work after that by the three guys really set up the the three ways being a, a pretty anticipated match on the on the backlash show, I think. Yeah, definitely. And and I think with Theory saying that he's now desires the world title, the new world title, and that means more to them than the US title, then could he possibly lose the belt? You know, backlash? It's gonna be a triple threat with him versus Lashley and Bronson Reed. I mean, yeah. maybe. I mean, I don't know. I mean, we'll see about that. I mean, I think it feels too soon to put it on Bronson Reed. I think we need to see more and hear more from Bronson Reed before he becomes champion. Um, so, but I'm interested in the match and um, Reed and Theory beat down Lashley and then seemed to be like a little truce there, but that didn't last. That didn't hold. And Reed destroyed Theory and smashed him with a tsunami, squashed him. I mean, that must be quite a terrifying move to take, wasn't it? <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's not a move I'd be signing up to take, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, but then the, the big angle on Raw was was in the main event when we had... Uh, well, no, we saw, I should mention, I almost forgot Finn. I wouldn't bring this up to anybody else, but to you, I feel like we need to give you the moment. Mustafa Ali got a victory on Raw in his hometown of Chicago. Incredible, eh? I mean, obviously Vince is involved, you know, but he's not, you know, in the old days, Mustafa would have lost for sure, wouldn't he, in his hometown, for sure, and probably been beaten up afterwards as well, and he scored (laughs) this win over Chad Gable, and it was just like, wow, and, uh, you know, I don't want to spend too much time on this, because I talk, we talk about this all the time, and like, it feels like, oh, yeah, something's going to happen. I want to have hope, but my hopes just keep getting cruelly dashed. So I feel like they probably will be again next week. <laughs> I think you need to give up the ghost fan, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, um, but it was it was fun seeing, you know, Mustafa score the pin. And uh, I'm speaking of giving up the ghost on, on, a, on a project. What about Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander losing handily to the Street Profits? Looks like that Hurt Business reunion is off. Yeah, I, I I don't think that's going to be long for this world if it does happen. I mean, yeah, they're just they're, there's no effort being put into them, which you know, I mean, there's not been for a while, but it felt like there was a moment where maybe they were going to uh, be involved. I mean, with Shelton, it is tough because you know he's a guy who what age is Shelton now? Forty five. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So, I mean, you, you, don't re- you want to kind of be featuring the younger people. Um, yeah. he's for- oh, he's 47? Jesus Christ. Oh, wow. Um, it looks great for his age. But, um, yeah, you'd never believe it, would you? You'd never no. believe it. No. I mean, you can imagine what I'm going to look at 47? Jesus Christ. Like a walking corpse. <laughs> um, that's that Glasgow lifestyle. But um, yeah, I, I think that's probably something that holds them back a little bit. Is that you know, if you're if you're writers or you're coming up with stuff, it's like, are you are you featuring the forty seven year old Shelton Benjamin over you know people who are younger and have more to offer? Um, I don't know. It's a bit. I mean, the other thing you did mention this on what's going down, I thought was worth uh, bringing up was. The fact that on SmackDown last week we just randomly got this announcement of Seth Rollins versus Omas, yeah, on the show, and it's like you know WWE are you know they say oh we're the people that tell stories, and it's like well, what's the story, you know? And we, we we did have the confrontation on Raw with Seth and Omas, but it just feels completely thrown together, no uh, effort put in there whatsoever, and. I just don't really get it. And after the confrontation, I mean, I, I'm sure Seth will get something good out of Omas, and the Brock match was was good. But I mean, it it does feel a bit like a, I don't want to use a Jim Cornette's lazy booking um, catchphrase that he now has and a t-shirt. But um, yeah, it just doesn't feel very inspired. What do you think? I, I, well, exactly. I mean, it just came from out of nowhere, didn't it? It's like have I missed something? It's like, well, I watched the program. You know, I mean, maybe there's some. Big angle on main event that I didn't see. I mean, maybe that's where it took place. Um, but it just feels to me like their minds, the creative team, their minds are on this Friday, as in the first night of the draft, and this coming Monday, the, the final second night of the draft. Mm-hmm. And I just think they're looking ahead. You can see that that's where the focus is right now, is what happens next. And backlash, some parts of backlash just feel kind of thrown together. And I think also all the drama with, you know, the sale, the announcement of the sale and Vince returning to creative on some level. He's, we know he's involved on in some level on, you know, the the, the big stuff. Mm-hmm. I just think at the moment they're sort of going through a transitional period right now, WWE. And I think it will get back to normal next week. That's what I think is going to happen. Uh, or possibly right after Backlash. Maybe it'll continue to Backlash and then we'll get the new stories and everything. Um, but I just think Seth Rollins, he's, he, he surely is leaving Raw and going to SmackDown. And maybe they were going to do something the other week. You know, when there was that weird incident where he walked out and then just walked to the ring and then just went backstage. Maybe something was supposed to happen there. Yeah, the night after WrestleMania, that was yeah. quite odd. Um, the big, the, the big uh, angle on Raw, though, not uh, not the belt that we talked about, but uh, we had the main event of uh, Rey Mysterio against Damian Priest, um, and in the end, you know, obviously there was uh, interference uh, through, during the match. Then we had um, Damian Priest throwing the chair at Rey Mysterio's head for the DQ finish. And then Priest is, you know, going to get ready to put Ray through the broadcast announce table 
when Bad Bunny makes his entrance, he comes out with the kendo stick, is nailing Priest, and then says, you know, I'm not the host of Backlash anymore. Um, instead, I'll face you in a street fight. And they sort of are yelling at each other. <clears throat> um, and yeah, the crowd were, the crowd in Chicago loved this. And I mean, I think we were kind of anticipating a tag match, weren't we? Yeah. But, uh, I mean, the crowd are, crowd are up for it. And I think Priest and Bad Bunny are probably going to deliver. You know, they're both of, the, I mean, Bad Bunny's Puerto Rican. I think Damien Priest does as well. So they're going to get a big sort of home hometown, home country reaction. Sure. So yeah, I, I think and, this is and, good. And the you know the the freedom of this stipulation means that I mean Bad Bunny has to win, doesn't he? He's yeah. got to win. But he can win with a lot of assistance from other people, from the LWO, Rey Mysterio. So I mean, it's not like Damien Priest is ever going to be world champion. So it does. I mean, he can take the loss. He's gone as far as he's going to go. I actually think he's he's done much better than I thought he would on the main roster. He was somebody who never impressed me at all in developmental and never impressed me at all in any of the matches that I saw him in pre-WWE. I mean, he had some moves and stuff, but I just didn't really feel like he was a complete wrestler. And I feel like he's just grown so much as a performer in this system. And um, I, I was also fearful as well they wouldn't give him a chance because I think he's about, is he about 40 now? I think yeah, he's, I think uh, he is. I think he is forty. Let me just get his age here. Damien Priest, he is forty. Yeah, yeah, forty. And I thought that, even though he, he doesn't look forty, uh, I thought that might work against him. And uh, it obviously hasn't, which is great for him and great for the product as well. I think he's been a really valuable member of the Judgment Day, and and in the role that he has, um, I think he's he's I think he's really good in this role. You know, he's like a supporting player. He knows what's expected of him. He knows how he didn't try to do anything that he can't do, which is a, a, a real example of his maturity as a wrestler, is that he knows his limitations and he just does the things that look good. Uh, and I think for him to put Bad Bunny over in a street fight with lo- loads of interference, that'll actually be the biggest match of his career and may actually be the biggest thing he ever does in wrestling. So I'm sure you know, the opportunity to put this guy over, even though he's not a wrestler, um, I'm sure he's good. I, I think he'd probably be really excited by it because this is going to be huge for him. Yeah, and also he he just looks cool, and you can't really, you know, in the words of Enzo Amore, you can't teach that. Like he just he, he's got a good look. <laughs> he, who who'd be quoting Enzo today? Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, he just he looks cool, and yeah. not a lot of people in wrestling look cool. So I think that he, and I think the the Judgment Day has been. It's ironic that the Judgment Day, when it was created for Edge, was just awful. Yeah. Because it was just another kind of Edge doing these long promos. But as soon as Edge was kicked out and we had Balor and Rhea and Damian Priest and Dominic, they've all kind of shined as part of the group now. And they feel like, I mean, when I remember when Judgment Day was first around, I was like, oh, this is rubbish. You know, Edge is just... Leading these guys to leading these these people to slaughter, yeah. And it just feels so much better with them without them, you know. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Edge was all wrong. No one wants, no one wanted to boo Edge, and it just felt forced, didn't it? It didn't feel natural at all. And even though Edge is a even as a babyface comes across very heelish, um, him leaving was was the best thing for that faction, without a doubt. Um. So that was raw. Uh, but yesterday, um, some news broke that I think we'll just kind of uh, cover 
on the overrun because we don't really have a lot of time left. But So we will talk about that lawsuit thing on the overrun. But before we go on the main podcast, I did want to ask you, Finn, about it. two quick things from AEW from last night. Uh, Tony Khan has announced the return of the Owen Hart Foundation tournament. It's going to culminate in Calgary in July. Last year's tournament, that we, we saw Adam Cole and Britt Baker win the men's and women's tournaments. Um, yeah. wasn't, are, they, are they defending the belts? Or how, how does it work? Or is it going to be just a, a new, there'll be new winners? Because they were given belts, weren't they, for the for the victories? They were given belts. The, uh, we've not found out yet what the how it's happening. But I mean, so it's meant to start at double or nothing. So I guess we'll find out in the next couple of weeks what, what, what the plan is. But I mean, last year's Owen Hart tournament tournaments didn't really set the world on fire i mean no. would you would you do you think it would be better for cole and brit to defend in the tournaments or do you think it'd be better to do it as just an annual thing where it's kind of like king of the ring where it's just a new person every year like what would you prefer to see i i mean i i'm not really bothered because it meant it really meant nothing if you think about it is that they won these tournaments and then they were given these belts and then the belts disappeared, which was right because there's too many belts in AEW as it is, and there'll be too many belts in WWE when they create this new world, this new world championship next month. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't really know what the point of it is. And it was, um, everybody was really excited last year about it, and there's kind of fantasy booking in the minds of that there's going to be this great thing that was going to, you know, change wrestling or be be exciting, and it just sort of past and just didn't really make any difference to anything so i'm not really bothered kenny i mean it's just another tournament that i mean what's at the end of it i mean if there's a, if there's a title match at the end of it or if there's some sort of reward there rather than the belt you know then maybe i could get excited about it but i mean the, the, e- the easy fix would be you know if, if whoever wins the men's and women's Owen Hart cup tournament uh, will be the the challenger for the men's and women's world titles at all out or all in or whatever it would be like you know if there was some sort of uh, prize like a prize, prize at stake yeah, yeah exactly and yeah, there's I a reason to win it you know I, I think the the idea of it is nice and obviously it's great it was great to see Martha Hart last year being involved and sort of seeing her happy to be around wrestling but uh, yeah I think there needs to be more care and attention put to it this year for it to feel some feel like something memorable you know it's almost like you know in WWE they I mean they were going to be doing these King Queen of the Rings which I know obviously was upsetting for you who just wrote about it before they changed the name (laughs) it was (laughs) I don't worry Kenny I've got over it now okay I've moved on you've moved moved on on. um you've but um but you know even the the King Queen of the Rings I mean they mean nothing either because they don't which is ironic because the last time WWE did the King of the Ring pay-per-view in 2002 the person who won King of the Ring would also get the title shot at SummerSlam that year. It was Brock exactly. Brock, Brock Lesnar. And that felt like a big thing. So I think you just need to put, I mean, I don't think this is rocket science that we're coming up with here. A prize that means something, not just for a week, but means something, you know, because, you know, there's it's, it's easy to just like have some storylines, involve them in the tournament, and have the winner involved in something that's part of a storyline you've planned. Yeah. Should be one-on-one. Um, the it, other it, thing was... Kenny, can I just chime in there just quickly? Mm-hmm. Right. Tony Khan should have a sign made, and he should put it up in his office, and it uh-huh. should read, 
Everything needs to have a reason to exist. Yep. And you know, there's, there's a lot of people right now who should be looking at that sign. Triple H should be looking at it as well for his Seth Rollins and Omas match and his yeah. world title that he's creating. You know, like, it's, it's one of those things where it's great to create a moment, but moments only mean something you know, long term, if you if the moments actually, you know, it's like if you just have moments, then they're not that memorable. Moments have yeah. to be involved in a like, for example, the moment of Steve Austin doing the beer truck in 1999. That moment was part of the build to WrestleMania 15 of Austin versus Rock, with when Rock was in Vince's corporation. So the moment was within a storyline that was happening at the time that was like, you know, the main event of that year's WrestleMania. So I just think you have to have your moments be involved in angles and storylines that matter. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely right. Um, we did see Roderick Strong turn up last night on Dynamite. Um, he made his, uh, Weird because we've not heard anything for months about his WWE status, right? We've, we've kind of wondered what was going to, what was going to happen. And um, yeah, he ended up uh, coming down, to uh, help uh, his his old buddy Adam Cole in the end. Um, I mean, I assume that he's. I I'd hope that he's here because there's going to be two two brands. But again, I mean, if we're heading into two brands in AEW and two brands in WWE, that's four brands. Finn, we've got to keep <laughs> up with four. <laughs> Not to mention, and then you know, before we know, Impact will have a brand split. No. No, that's not going to happen. That is not going to happen. <laughs> um, but I mean, do you, do you, Roderick Strong is also a talented wrestler. Do you, do you think he's going to be able to break out of the here's another guy that's signed category, or do you think he's destined to be in that sphere? I will say that I understand why he's gone to AEW. His wife works there. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I thought he actually had a really good thing going with Diamond, Ma- Diamond Mine in NXT, and he showed more personality in his interactions with the Creeds and Ivy Nile um, and their opponents than he had ever shown in his entire career. You know, I thought he did really well in that role as this sort of, um, you know, this leader who was, you know, a hypocrite, didn't practice what he preached. And, you know, there's all these arguments backstage. I thought it was a lot of fun in that role. Uh, But clearly it wasn't working for him anymore. And he's decided he wants to work for AEW instead. I mean... He was, I mean, he was never going any further in NXT. He was never going to become the top guy there. He was never going to make it on the main roster. He was just, just wasn't going to. He just didn't have that dynamic charisma and he just wasn't big enough. So I think it's the right move for him joining AEW. Great lifestyle there. Obviously, you're only working once a week. I mean, it's very desirable. Yeah. I mean, I imagine that in a few weeks, he probably won't even be working once a week. <laughs> and, and like Tony kind of like well you know you were last week's story Roderick you know I was interested in you last week I've got a new toy now this, just sign this new person <laughs> so I do fear for for his future there I don't think he's I, I think he'll be, he'll be he'll maybe be okay for a month or two while he's involved in the Jericho feuds with Adam Cole yeah. but I think once that's done it's going to be hard to you know that you I mean somebody who I, I know people have brought up is you know Action Andretti, who Jericho yeah. put over, and it's like, what's what's he doing now? But like Jericho put him yeah. over, and this 
big match. I mean, I know this is a different thing, but if you go back to like 1993 WWF, when Razor Ramon put over the one, two, three kids, yeah, the one, two, three kid, he wasn't by any stretch a main eventer, but like they they capitalized on that and he then became, you know, he teamed with Razor. So then there was a story with them together against Money Incorporated. And yeah. then he was involved in the undercard, but he was around. And he was in matches with people like Adam Baum and he was holding his own. And, you know, that's all you really need to do with somebody like an action injury, but he does need to be around to keep the momentum going to that win that he had over Jericho. Because if Jericho's putting somebody over on TV like that, then you don't get a lot of those moments. Well, I mean, well, you kind of do. I mean, he put Ricky Starks over. No, but I mean, like, I mean a new person. Oh, right, a new person. Yeah. Like a new person. Star- Ricky Starks then ended up against Juice Robinson. Uh, another new guy. Um, we should do, should do, a, do a game, take, take a shot every time someone turns up in AEW who's been in less than a year. Just, yeah, I mean, I understand why he's gone there. I mean, it makes, I could, if I was him, I probably would have made the made the same decision. And I'm sure it does make sense. And if he's getting paid well, good for him. It's an easier schedule. Not that NXT was that difficult, but it's an easier schedule there. And he's with... He was with the missus and, you know, he's with some of his old pals. And he, could, mean, turn, he could go to ROH again. He could do stuff there. You know, they've, they've got that yeah, stuff. Going on, so, but, you know. but the thing is, like, we saw Roderick Strong and Adam Cole, Undisputed Era, to the point where we were sick of that faction. We've seen it before in NXT, haven't we? Ad nauseum. It just went on and on and on. So, and it's like, well, we've reunited now and presumably Kyle O'Reilly, he'll be involved. As, as Kyle O'Reilly hasn't returned yet, has he? No, no. He hasn't returned yet. So I'm on All Access. He actually looked in, in really good shape on the All, Ex- All Access show. And that was filmed back in November, I believe, yeah, the first November. episode. Yeah. I mean, he looked really good then. So, um, but presumably <laughs> Kyle O'Reilly will be involved with them. And it just, we've just been there, been there before, haven't we, Kenny? That's the other drawback. Because well, then, I, 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 think, I mean, I get the idea of like, you know, they've got a history, so don't ignore the history and, you know, play into what's there. But like, but to your point, I think if you're going to put them back together, you need to make a fresh slant on it, or it's a a rehash, and rehashes don't tend to do as well as the first one unless you really put oomph into it and, and yeah. add some new stuff to it. But I mean, uh, all we need now, Kenny, is Bobby Fish to return, and he can be part of the welcome committee for CM Punk. <laughs> oh God, it's funny. Um, well, listen, we'll, we'll wrap it there. Um, congratulations to Roger and his his good schedule that he's got. Um and yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see what the future holds for him, although I think we know. Um we will be doing an overrun over on Patreon where we will be covering uh the loss that has come out. We'll be answering the question about all access actually. Um so yeah, join us over on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash inside the ropes and Finn. I wish you all the the good vibes with your feature that you're working on as well. That's well, yeah, it's rolling now. It's rolling. I mean the story is just about to win the IC title and Going to do some, you know, things about the, you know, big difference, you know, the match in the following uh, with uh, Nakamura, which was the turning point, in my opinion, in his career and all sorts of other stuff. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to finishing it. And uh, curious to see as well what happens to Gunter and the rest of Imperium in the draft. Will they be yes. separated? Will they stay on SmackDown? So that'll be interesting. Yeah, hopefully they stay together. That would be good if they, they can remain a unit. Um, well, anyway, yes, thank you for all your support, everybody. I hope you will join us on Patreon. We'll talk to you soon. Tonight, 
It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.